Welcome to Talking Materials Handling. In each episode, you'll hear from the thought leaders who are shaping what happens inside the four walls of the distribution center. We'll cover the gamut from automation and robots to software and the next-gen technologies that are enabling the workforce of tomorrow. This podcast is hosted by Bob Troublecock, the executive editor of Modern Materials Handling. Remember that Bob welcomes your comments. Now, to today's episode. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of Talking Materials Handling, a guide to supply chain analytics. I'm Bob Troublecock, and joining me today is John Delegati. John is the Director of Digital Strategy for SDI. John, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Bob. Pleasure to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, and I, I know this is going to be a great conversation about uh, a really important topic. This is one in a series of podcasts I'm recording to highlight content from NextGen 2023, the supply chain event uh, that I host. Um, SDI was a sponsor, and one of John's colleagues was a presenter. So we're going to talk today a little bit about what SDI presented at the event. You know, every supply chain worth its salt is either in the midst of a supply chain transformation or about to launch one. Where to start is going to vary from company to company depending on what drives the organization and where is the low-hanging fruit and what project can deliver the most bang for the buck. For some organizations, that might be transportation. For another, it might be planning, or it could be strategic procurement related to MRO and operations, which is where SDI plays. Having the right spare parts and components when they're needed has a direct impact on uptime. Having them the right quantity in the right locations has a direct impact on the budget. And then, more importantly, using analytics to understand how specific parts and systems perform when they fail, when they don't fail, can have an impact on all of the above. The key to a successful transformation is analytics, or having the right KPIs and visibility into your operations through access to the data that really makes a difference. And again, that's the world where SDI plays. So to that end, John and his team have put together something they call the Zeus Supply Chain Analytics Guidebook. It's a sort of 101 on the topic. That's what we're going to talk about today. John, to kick this off, just tell us briefly about SDI in case our listeners aren't familiar with the company and what SDI does. Well, you gave a great intro and I appreciate that. But um, to your point, SDI, you know, we uh, are a 50 some odd year old company that, you know, has that entrepreneurial feel in the digital supply chain industry. Um, you know, we work with major facility, uh, major asset intensive organizations and uh, companies that have lots of facilities to provide MRO parts and services um, and help them, you know, streamline their indirect supply chain through the use of data and analytics um, and our technology platform. And you do, stro- uh, stro- I know we're going to talk about this at the end, but you do strategic procurement, meaning that, you know, in some cases you'll manage the parts storeroom, but in another case, you're doing all the analytics to understand just what is the parts need, correct? Right. And the key is having a, you know, standard repeatable process that will produce data that can be analyzed, right? Metrics mean nothing if there's no process to produce them, right? So understanding how your process works, uh, giving you visibility into the parts that you're purchasing, those can lead to um, very intelligent data-backed procurement decisions, where previously, you know, you might have been operating under a more of a gut feel, uh, if you will. Let's talk about the guidebook. Now, 
It's 46 pages long. So we're going to give listeners the Reader's Digest version. Absolutely. Before we talk about, <laughs> before we talk about the content, how do you envision a reader using it? Like, what's going to, what are they going to learn? What's going to be the takeaway? Sure. So there's a couple of things that, you know, inspired this. You know, we had seen other similar material that was frankly a lot longer. I mean, we laugh at the fact that it's 46 pages, um, but it was a lot to get it down there, right? How do we pick the most important metrics when we measure hundreds of KPIs, if not thousands, and have so many applications that are, you know, specific to different business units, right? So this is really a, a, what we consider um, a condensed version that could be used as a reference guide at, at any time for, you know, for someone internally at SDI uh, to understand how we track things and where to locate, um, you know, the applications that track them. And for folks that want to work with SDI or frankly, just want to understand their business better, what are the things that we consider most important to track uh, that are considered best in class for the industry? And we, we want them to have this as a reference guide, right? So, you know, you made a point about site operations and whether it's site operations or the strategic procurement, you know, if you have a situation where you're asked to define a cycle count, right? You work at SDI, you work in inventory, but you're asked for the definition of a cycle count. I don't know that every single, you know, site manager, operations manager would give the same definition, right? So the idea here is to have somewhat of a, of a standardization to provide, you know, not only to SDI, but the industry to help them understand this is what to track, how to track it, where to locate the information, you know, if you happen to work with SDI, um, and just understand that data in the context of your process to make more informed decisions, to streamline those processes and eliminate, you know, wasted time in your tasks. I, I got to tell you, and I meant to mention this early on, one of the reasons that I was really intrigued by this and intrigued by the presentation you guys did at NextGen is um, one of the last things I published when I was the editor of Supply Chain Management Review uh, was with Petrobras, which is the largest um oil and uh, gas company in South America and, and one of the sure. largest in the world. Now they did their own, you know, procurement in terms of uh, MRO, but they were having a real issue on the one hand, having way too much inventory of stuff they didn't need. But on right. the other hand, because of lead times, not being able to have the inventory that their people needed when they needed it, and they went through a transformation process with the Association for Supply Chain Management. And the starting point was exactly what you were talking about. And the end result was um, almost a billion dollars. It was like 800 million. Um, in it's amazing savings. with these large organizations, those numbers, right? They get so huge. Yeah, right. Like, I can't tell you how many weeks I got to work to save a billion bucks. <laughs> I, I got news for you, eternity. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but, the, but the point was, it wasn't so much excess inventory. You know, they didn't have a billion dollars worth of excess inventory. It was by having better data, having a common language, because they went through this process where everybody was speaking the same language, allowed them to save 800 million. Some of it was, you know, surplus inventory, but some of it was inventory avoidance, like stuff that was on order that they said, wait a minute, we don't need that. So yeah. I, I know, I know what we're going to talk about can have a real impact just from doing this with Petrobras. So with that long, uh, that long preamble, let's dig a little bit throughout this book, you delve into KPIs and metrics that you just talked about, you know, and it's hard to imagine a supply chain manager who isn't using them, but are most of them using the right KPIs, especially as we digitize? And are they able to use all the data that they're collecting? If not, what's the barrier? I think that's that's really the challenge is, is what you just nailed is, are they using the data? And 
that's a barrier in a lot of organizations, right? We're expecting end users in these situations to use data in ways that they may not be trained to. They might understand why cycle counting is important, why savings are important, et cetera, but they may not be trained to mine the data for insights that will lead to these massive process improvements, right? And that's where there's some of these like knowledge gaps and, and why you need the team in general to upskill and be more data savvy, which is what this book uh, is, is intended to do, um, right? And, you know, a couple of the use cases just that, that you talked about that are, you know, provable through analytics, you know, uh, you mentioned some someone having too much, uh, you know, the, the oil and gas company having too much inventory on their balance sheet, right? And it was a big switch in the, you know, the pandemic combined with, um, you know, some of the geopolitical stuff going on. You have supply chain challenges. So you go from just in time to just in case. And what happens there is, you know, people might have run a little leaner. They were okay with fattening up, even if it meant sacrificing a little bit on their, their you know, uh, income statements or on their, on their cash flow, excuse me, um, because they wanted to make sure that they didn't have factories go down or they wanted to make sure that, you know, they wouldn't be impacted by an event half a world away in, in their in their facility. Right. So that was a big shift and it was measurable. It could be seen in analytics. And the real answer is somewhere in between. It's like you said, it's avoiding excess ordering because you already have it. It's making warehouses talk to each other. So if you have it at one warehouse, someone at another warehouse can ship it out or, or you can ship it somewhere else and consume it rather than ordering more. Right. It's looking at your data for slow moving and obsolete parts and, you know, maybe saying, I don't need that in order in inventory, or maybe I should do an inventory reduction project focused on that. Those are the types of metrics that would help you understand, right? Uh, when I said slow moving or obsolete, if I have an item, when was the last time I used it? When was the last time I used a meaningful amount of it? If you can take these questions and turn them into meaningful, uh, measurable outcomes, or, you know, you can extrapolate business decisions that will be you know, well thought out because they're backed by real data and realize the type of savings that you mentioned, maybe not in the order of, you know, hundreds of billions, but, you know, uh, to each company will save quite a bit on their, you know, percent, percentage wise for, for their organization. So at the beginning of, uh, of the book, you introduced a term contextualization, even that's hard to say, um, yes. in the supply chain metrics and dimensions. So that was, a, that was a new one to me. And I've been around MRO for a while. Talk about what those mean and why they matter. It's to your point, what they mean and why they matter. A lot of it's who's looking at it, right? I could see, as an example, we do a supplier scorecard, right? It's a balanced scorecard that measures multiple things. I could be looking at from a price standpoint, uh, if I'm in procurement and I'm strictly focused on lowering my costs, I could look at, you know, cost avoidance because I realized that I'm buying a part from three vendors. I ran a sourcing event. Um, I was paying $500. Now I'm paying $300. Every transaction saves me $200. But if I'm responsible for the parts delivery, I might look at the supplier scorecard and say, I don't care about your cost metric. They're killing me on the delivery metric. They deliver on time 30% of the time. And I have maintenance technicians that can't repair machines. This is the worst vendor ever. And we should move on from them, right? It's the contextualization. It's what's important to who and making your data speak to that person, speak to that use case, speak to that department. And that's why it's important to have a robust universe of data available and a team that can understand how to use it. You broke down metrics into four key categories, and then there's a bunch of metrics within those. And as I started at the beginning, you know, there's a whole lot of them. So we can't go through all of them in those categories. So instead, let's talk about each of the categories and what they can entail. And then 
perhaps talk about one or two KPIs and why they're important. So the first category was operations metrics. You know, what is it? And then give me a couple of examples. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, with our operations metrics, you want to look at fill rate and cycle counting. Those are two of the main metrics. You know, there's other ones that are certainly important. Um, but to me, cycle counting is our way of keeping track of inventory uh, on a regular basis without needing to do a full, you know, shutdown of plant inventory um, at the end of a year. Um, so keeping up with cycle counting and the accuracy of cycle counting is very important to understand our operation. Um, and then fill rate. When someone needs an item, how frequently do we fill that item, uh, fill that order 100%, right? I need five widgets. Did we have the widget? Did we have five of them available for you when you needed them, right? Uh, those two measurements are very indicative of your operation overall and can be used to, you know, spot, you know, a potential uh, negative or positive uh, business review, right? If you can see in your data that, hey, the last couple of weeks, our, our cycle count is falling off. It can give you a way to kind of nip problems in the butt if you're um, focusing on them because you can get ahead of it. You can see, hey, things are trending south. Let, let, let me remedy it, right? Or again, on the positive side, maybe you want to point out something your team has done really well recently. If you track these metrics closely, uh, you get a good understanding of the overall operation at a site. So one of the things, when I was reading through operations metrics, one of the things I found interesting is that you had a procurement uh, metric within operations metrics. So can you tell me why? Yeah, procurement, I mean, it's so core to what SDI does and, and the value proposition that we provide that in our company, I, I know every, you know, you could roll up a lot of things under operations, but uh, it warrants its own subsection because of the way that we track it and the depth of understanding we have of that information. Okay. So then in the second bucket, you did break out procurement metrics yep. and the yep. focus is specifically on procurement and the MRO supply chain. So talk a little bit about that and more importantly, the impact strategic sourcing, because I think strategic sourcing would fall in this second bucket, uh, the impact that can have. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll again go to the supplier scorecard. Um, so the supplier scorecard, uh, it's a balanced way to understand supplier performance, right? And you can set a strategic sourcing strategy on that. If I want to manage my electrical category, I have my top three vendors. I'm going to run a market basket and I need quotes on a thousand items. I want to take their supplier performance into account. I already have a history. So if I need a, a, an 85% or a 95% on-time delivery rate within five days, and I look in my data and two of the three can already provide it, well, in my analysis of their RFP, I'm going to use that data to inform my decision and probably give uh, supplier one and two a leg up because I know they can perform to that standard, right? Um, maybe it's a way where, let's say a you know, client is extremely interested in saving, uh, you know, they have price pressure, they want to save money, um, and the performance is a little less important. Maybe we can go back to the third supplier and say, hey, you know, your performance and on-time delivery isn't up to snuff with your competitors. We're willing to partner with you, but you're going to need to take a haircut on price, right? So taking a look at the metrics that make up the scorecard, on-time delivery, are they confirming orders? Are they sending tracking numbers that are real, that we can track with major carriers, UPS, FedEx, DHL, major LTL carriers, et cetera? If they're doing that, it's likely that strategic sourcing would consider that vendor a good potential partner for a large sourcing event. A third category um, is quality and accuracy metrics. Um, so, you know, what do they entail and their impact on MRO supply chain? Obviously, quality and accuracy is going to have a big, you know, a big impact on maintaining uptime. But talk a little bit about that third category. 
Yeah. So from our perspective, a lot of that is inward looking at our processes and data. So, hey, how many items are in the catalog with suspicious part uh, manufacturer names and part numbers, as an example, right? Um, if the manufacturer name is either unknown, it's probably not really giving us any meaningful information, or maybe it doesn't fit in with our standard way of representing a manufacturer. So 3M, MMM, Minnesota Mining Material, right? We have ways of standardizing that. Um, but, you know, things can still sneak into a system and your data, you know, quality is important to measure. So when we say quality and accuracy, we'll take a look and say, does that item have a good manufacturer name and part number? If I needed to buy it, could I take this information and go get a price, right? And then similarly, we categorize that data. So is this an accurate categorization of the data? Um, as an example, you mentioned strategic sourcing. Most strategic sourcing strategies are based on category and channel strategies, right? So if I have an item and I want to say, or, or if I want to run an event and say, I need quotes on all safety items, I need a reasonable way to retrieve the safety items that I want to quote on from my system, right? So accuracy, meaning if we say something's a safety item, is it truly a safety item? We need to trust that that uh, category is correct in order to run effective sourcing plans. So th those are some quality and accuracy metrics that are crucial into understanding how your supply chain is working. Uh, so the last category, this is dear to my heart because when I do a survey, there's always some miscellaneous questions. It's sort of the catch-all. So what are, what are you including in the miscellaneous metrics? Really, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that may not fit there. And like I said, it took a lot to develop this book and trim it down to those 40 something pages. Um, yeah. We were actually, some of the feedback was there's not enough metrics in here, right? Well, what about this? What about this? And we, you know, we said, we know. And so we plan to revisit this on, you know, on somewhat regular basis, let's call it annually, right? We're not going to do it every day, but to reconsider kind of like Webster's, right? The new words or the words of the year um, <laughs> when they, when they run yeah. that, um, what should we add to this book? And we just felt like there were certain things that didn't fit the criteria of the rest of the book. And there's certain things that we'll expand into that, that don't fit that today, right? We do analytics on consumer behavior in our application, in our mobile application. That's really interesting stuff that may not necessarily fit in those boxes. Um, and we wanted to leave ourselves a breath to expand this in the future and just kind of have it maintain a flow. So, um, you know what, as an analyst who has consistently has to deal with bucketing stuff, and then if it doesn't fit in that bucket, just put it in other, I'm, I'm happy to have an other. <laughs> So, well, I say we do this in surveys all the time. So, John, what, uh, I ran a couple of articles um, when I was editing Supply Chain Management Review on KPIs coming out of the academic community. And one of the takeaways was a couple of takeaways. One was companies often have too many KPIs. Uh, number two. So, in other words, all right, so how do I really identify the KPIs that move my organization? And then a second one was, even if they've done that, they may not be using them. So uh, whether you're doing it um, or whether, you know, it, it's a listener who isn't going to work with a partner like SDI but wants to do this on their own, how do they identify the KPIs that really matter and then make sure that they're using them? Um, yeah, so... It's really important to have the buy-in from a high level. And that's what we found, you know, within our organization, uh, the highest levels, you know, we say data is king around here, right? So you need that buy-in to not just, you know, talk about KPIs, but practice what you preach. And within our organization, what we found is that awareness and not just the awareness that the KPIs exist at the highest levels, but but 
proactively notifying people about these metrics, right? So it's one thing to develop a metric. It's another thing to have to spend an hour looking at it and, and, and you know, analyzing a report. So what we do is we distribute reports to, to VPs all the way up to the COO level um, through a, a tool we call Alerting that uses our Zeus Analytics platform and will broadcast to the leadership team the most important uh, metrics and how they're trending in the last week. And what that does is it lets everybody know that everybody's bosses are looking at it, right? And these are important, right? So it tells you what they care about, but it also tells you that that is being provided proactively and the reports that are going out, generally, they only show you when there's uh, you know an opportunity to improve. They're not saying, hey, this one's at 100%. And don't get me wrong, we recognize that, but the alerts are intended to be proactive and catch things before they happen. So the idea is you don't want to be on that report, right? So yes, yes. Right. If, if that's being sent to the boss and you know it, well, you're going to do a darn good job. You're going to do your best to make sure you don't show up on that report. So just as simple as that awareness and buy-in at, at top levels, you'd be amazed the culture that it creates around those analytics. And it really helps people understand what's important because if this is what the boss is getting, well, this is what I'm going to be judged on. That's what I'm going to care about, right? Yeah. So uh, so let's say I've identified, you know, the metrics that make a, a difference. As we move to a digital supply chain, you know, if I think of like MRO and aviation, a lot of that has been just, you know, handwritten. There's a lot of things they've got to capture because of regulation, but it, it's been pretty manual in the past. Now we're moving to digital supply chains where we're going to capture things automatically. We're going to do a lot of, you know, sensors and IoT and things like that. But we're also going to rely on our sensors who may not have the same technology that I have. I had Maersk on an unrelated podcast, um, and they were talking about some of the things they were doing. And we asked them, you know, from a data standpoint, you know, uh, how are you getting data? Are you sharing data? And she said, you know, that's our biggest problem. She said, even internally, what's important to me may not be important to the person who's got that data. And, you know, I'm like third on their list of when they're going to share it. And she said, then a lot of our suppliers, you know, aren't even collecting it. So as we move, you know, into this digital supply chain, what do I need to do to capture the data I need, you know, to drive my KPIs and get access to it if, you know, other, even my own organization either doesn't have it or is slow to share it. Yeah. So analytics and business intelligence, it, it needs to be a priority within organizations. I mentioned that buy-in. You need yeah. to have the willingness to uh, invest in the tools, the people, whatever the right mix is for your organization to provide this, right? So in our case, you know, uh, without uh, advertising, right, we we have a, a cloud platform that ingests data from all over the place, right? At this point in 2024, Data is, uh, you know, ever-present data is, you know, going to be everywhere. It is everywhere. There's been more data generated in the past few years than ever existed on Earth before then, right? So it's just a massive amount of data. So our strategy is to pull in anything that's relevant to us, house it in our cloud system, and then produce analytics, to your point, that are relevant to the end user. We have KPIs that help us run the business, but beyond that, our reporting should solve a business problem or create an opportunity within the business. So, you know, if something is happening and we're trying to, let, let's say, you know, we strategically want to move away from a certain supplier um, for whatever reason, based on our strategic sourcing plan, we can create a report that will generate uh, once a week, every time there are, you know, if an order is placed with that supplier within the week, we'll send you a notification that says, Hey, procurement, you're still placing orders with these vendors, even though, you know, your strategy is to disengage. And just doing that, it 
proactively makes us aware, you know, that we're doing something. So point is, is you need to understand the most important use, use cases and you need to have a good business intelligence team that will be able to develop data-based applications that will solve those problems. And, you know, again, you're not wrong. At some point, we'll all be told to wait in line. But if you establish the fact that there is a process, you can get the report you need. Here's how you do it. People feel a lot better about it. And, you know, they will get what they need. Uh, so, John, I'm going to see one last question. Uh, first, we covered a lot of ground here. And there is a lot more in the guidebook. So if you're interested in learning more, you can download it on SDI.com. That's how I got it. Um, you, you said something earlier about, you know, not wanting this to be a commercial. But to wrap this up, I'm actually going to give you a chance to put your best foot forward. So your core competency is strategic sourcing or, you know, taking over the inventory management for the MRO supply chain. Can you tell us just briefly what SDI brings to the table that I might not be able to either do in-house or might be uh, you know, better off to outsource it uh, to someone who that's all they do. Sure. So SDI brings the expertise to the table of you know, deep understanding of a, a part of the supply chain that generally is considered less important than direct materials or, or a rounding error, right? It's our specialty. It's our bread and butter. So the opportunities to improve, we've identified them in the past. We've seen you know, supply chains just like, you know, your, uh, your organization, right? And we can help you understand opportunities to improve through strategic sourcing, through inventory operations, and through leverage pricing that, you know, you may not be able to obtain on your own. Um, you know, in addition, we offer a supply chain co-op, which is an excellent way. It's, it's an on-ramp where, if, you know, full end-to-end storeroom management is not quite the solution you're looking for. Um, we have leverage spend in a, a number of critical categories for organizations in their MRO, indirect supply chain, good done, goods not for resale, um, that are relevant to the MRO, facilities maintenance industries. And that's uh, a boom in business. That's growing tremendously. So I would say check that out. If you're uh, going to check out the guidebook, check out the co-op as well. And I believe there's a form to sign up right on the website. So it's a very you know low barrier way to engage with SDI and realize some significant savings that we can bring to the table right away. Great. Well, thank you, John. Uh, that's all the time we have today. A special thanks to my guest, John Delegati from SDI. Thank you for joining. And again, uh, go to SDI.com. You can find the guidebook. It, it, there's a lot of great information in there. I hope you'll be back for our next episode. And finally, as I started out, this was some of the content we had at NextGen 2023. Uh, we're in planning mode right now for NextGen 2024. You can learn more about the October conference at NextGenSupplyChainConference.com. That is a mouthful. And you can enter your email address for updates. I'm hoping to see you in Chicago. We're planning another great event. For Talking Materials Handling, the Next Generation Conference, I'm Bob Trevelcock. And John, thanks again for joining us. Talking Materials Handling is produced by Modern Materials Handling and Peerless Media. You can find Talking Materials Handling on MMH.com, on iTunes under SC247, or just Google SC247 Podcasts. We're on all the popular podcast platforms. For more information, be sure to visit MMH.com. And we hope you'll join us again for our next episode.